0: Last Word is a lifestyle brand focused on all things anti-human trafficking. According to the International Labor Organization, over 260 million children are forced into employment around the world, making textiles and garments for the demands of fashion trends we see all on social media. This will often come at the price of a child being forced into labor trafficking. Our ambition at Last Word is to reduce the exposure of those who are trafficked around the world, starting with the garment industry. Last Word offers consumers a refreshed look at recycled, repurposed, and reloved fashion trends. It shouldn't be a surprise to anyone that fashion has a way of circling back around, and not always in the best way. Last Word takes all those unwanted and undesired garments, giving them a little TLC or repurpose to create a divine collection you will feel confident, amazing, and inspired in when wearing. Follow Last Word on Instagram at lastword underscore by SL, And visit us online at lastwordbysl.com to get your latest fashion trends everyone will be sure to ask you about.
1: Human trafficking true crime covers the exploitation of men, women, and children across the world. Subject matter may not always be suitable for children or those dealing with mental health issues. Listener discretion is advised. If you or someone you know has been trafficked, please contact the Human Trafficking Hotline by texting HELP, H-E-L-P, to 233-733. is the 1970s, and you're a young woman who is using a common method of travel for the time, hitchhiking across the country to reach your final destination, a birthday party for your friend. You find someone to pick you up, but little do you know, getting into that vehicle turns into a seven-year stint as a victim of two horrible people. Tonight's episode, we give Colleen Stan the last word. Blackall Photography, located in the heart of Old Town, Louisville, is a five-star rated photography business with over 15 years of experience. Kelly Blackall, the owner of Blackall Photography, has a way of making anyone feel confident and comfortable in those sometimes awkward shots. She can get a wonderful photo of anyone, even those Chandler Bing clients. Kelly can capture shots that look effortless and natural while locking in beauty around. Blackall Photography will handle your class portraits, engagement photos, or even that perfect political campaign headshot. Kelly has done it all and loves to get creative with her clients. If you have been on the fence about getting those updated headshots or need family photos for the holidays, reach out to Kelly and book your session today at Blackall Photography on Instagram. That's B-L-A-C-K-A-L-L Photography or you can visit at blackallphotography.com. Schedule your perfect shots today, and I promise you won't be disappointed.
0: Welcome back, <laughs> Hello, hello. We're back.
1: We're dorks. <laughs> yes. We are back with another episode. Another episode. Another one. I feel like there was some crazy story I was going to share with you and now I'm drawing a blank but I've sent you so many in the last like couple of days that I'm like I don't know I can't it, it's escaping me do you have any anything any story any like crazy news stories
0: going on not mm, to be honest I haven't looked at the news besides you know the <laughs> the camera from China that's uh floating around I just heard US. about that this morning, <laughs> actually. Yeah. That's
1: apparently been going on for a while. Yeah, it's
0: been going on for a while, but I I recently just went down, you know, the rabbit holes and oh, it's, nice. it's pretty interesting. Yeah. Nice.
1: No, I don't know anything about it and I don't have time to sit and <laughs> go through all of that, but I really feel like there was some type of human trafficking thing that just happened. And I know we had the thing here in Dallas, but I want to say I came across an article of somewhere else that just had a bus, but it is escaping me at the moment. So I guess we can just kind of segue right into tonight's episode. I know this is one you took the initiative on and really drove the investigation on this one.
0: I did, yeah.
1: So I will let you take this one away then, my friend.
0: Okay, purse. Perfect. Purse. 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 I would like to start off by saying that this story may not be your typical human trafficking story. Um, however, I think that it, wi- that it is and should be deemed that, and I feel like the person at the end of this should have been tried in that way. Um, but if you just bear with me, it'll all be explained. Okay. Okay. So Colleen Stan was born December 31st, 1956. She was a young 20-year-old girl living it up in the 70s. 70s would have been such a good time. I I feel like I would have thrived. (laughs) The late 60s and 70s would have been my lifetime. Exactly. Unfortunately, on May 19th, 1977, Colleen was looking for a ride to her friend's house for her birthday party in California. She was trying to hitch rides from her hometown of Eugene, Oregon to her friend's house in California. It is on this hitchhiking journey where she would unfortunately meet Cameron and Janice Hooker. I mean, with a name like that, can we already imagine? (laughs) Yeah, that's the last name that you don't want to see. So I promise that I'll circle back around to the story. But first, I wanted to discuss hitchhiking for a little
1: bit. Okay.
0: I don't know about you, but hitchhiking for me uh, seems a little sketch. Yeah, I would never do it. I don't think I would ever attempt to do that at all.
1: I don't know. I actually take that back. No, I would never do it as a single, alone person. Absolutely not. Okay. I think if there was like a group of three or more, and the other two are men, I might be more open (laughs) to it. But I can't. I can't tell you honestly that I would do it. And I have like you know my own personal reasons for that like my cousin hitchhiked and it did not end well so i know i wouldn't in that sense but in some way i think if i was with certain people right i guess i maybe might but i also know i wouldn't get in the car if i had any any type of gut instinct where i was like i don't know i would not do you have
0: to have a pretty good like gut instinct intuition for that kind of thing reading people and stuff like that
1: Right, but that's still even harder when you look at, like, <laughs> Ted Bundy and he's all, like, acting like a cripple yeah. trying to be all help me and then exactly. turns out to be a psycho.
0: Well, so I then I did some digging because I was like, why did people start mm-hmm. hitchhiking mm-hmm. in the first place? Why was this a thing? Yeah. So um, I did a couple article researching um, this. There isn't any true research articles in regards to this. A lot of them were talking about how hitchhikers and people that picked them up uh, criminal wise, you know, your murder rate. And I was like, that's not really what I'm looking for. I just want to know why. So in the thirties and forties, because of the great depression and world war II, people could not afford gas and they did not have cars. So they were essentially forced to trust people to get them to and from where they needed to go. And then in the fifties and sixties, uh, it kind of took a dip because people were buying cars again. And they were able to get more help from the government. I believe Roosevelt had something to do with that. And then it made a huge resurgence in the 70s, largely due to the younger generation looking for adventure and freedom, i.e. the hippie culture.
1: Exactly, uh yeah.
0: They were trying to go from place to place as fast as possible, meet new people, have new experiences. And I put this in here because today we now have something called Mm -hmm. Uber. Okay. Literally. (laughs) I am right
1: there with you. When this, when Uber first started coming out and I remember the first time I had to take a taxi, like for a work trip and Uber was, had just come out and I'm like, you want me to get in a car with a stranger from an app? Like, my parents told me not to meet strangers <laughs> right. online, but now I'm getting in a car with one. And it's now the new age hitchhiking. The good thing, though, with that is it's all trackable.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Payments. It's all over the internet. It's all through an
0: app. Well, that's true, but it's still quite terrifying. It is. I try not to go in an Uber by myself. I don't know about you,
1: I mean, I have done it more times than I can count just from traveling for work. Um,
0: yeah,
1: I'm gonna be honest, I would say eighty five percent of the time. it's been fine. There've been a few and
0: you're incidences like staying on your phone, correct. And you're like, just track me
1: just <laughs> just, just sure. you know, giving the timeline to whoever. but overall, it's, that's probably just me being a little bit more on edge mm-hmm. with that you know, situation than it really probably warranted. Mm. But Uber is like, it's pretty convenient. Scary thinking. It's Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) All right. So as I was saying, Colleen Stan was hitchhiking rides in order to reach her friend's house at her final destination in California. She was so close to her final destination. I'm pretty sure she was one ride away from reaching her friend's house when a blue van approached, (sighs) acknowledging the universal sign for I need a ride. The van pulled up, and inside was a man, his wife, and a baby in the back seat. Naturally, the presence of a woman and a baby put Stan at ease, and she deemed her ride safe. Well, yeah, which is what I think a lot any of any normal you. person would do. Yeah, and is
1: is that the universal sign for hitchhiking?
0: The I know, yeah,
1: out? yeah, but you didn't say thumb out, and I'm thinking, what if our listeners is that the universal sign? Oh, that's sign? true. I didn't
0: even think about that. I'm curious I now.
1: I, I didn't know if you had read that in your research because I've never heard that. But it would make I sense. Feel, I, I feel like the middle finger is the same way. Everyone yeah, knows what that means. Exactly.
0: I, I don't know what they do in different countries, but here in the U.S., uh, the thumb out held to the side is pretty common. Canada place. and
1: Mexico, I would say, too. Yeah. I bet it is a universal sign. I don't
0: know. I might have to look that up. hmm So shortly after she settles in the car after a stop to a gas station where she's starting to feel a little uneasy. They veer off the road and a knife is placed against her throat. Once her captors have subdued her, her head is then placed in a handmade 20-pound wooden box that has cloth situated around it that muffles sound, takes away her sight, and restricts her, her breathing. So they locked her head... In a 20-pound wooden handmade so you box. would literally just have to be laying there... Yeah, she's sitting up in the car with this on her head. And she's trapped in there. That's horrible. And mind you, there's still a baby in the back seat next to her.
1: Oh, my word.
0: Yeah. So, we're now going to introduce these two criminals. Mm. The ones that decided to take this action are 23-year-old Cameron and 19-year-old Janice Hooker. Scumbags. Honestly. For real. Yeah. I mean,
1: you're 23 and 19 You have your whole life ahead of you.
0: Mm-hmm. What are
1: you doing?
0: Young married couple.
1: <laughs> With a baby. Yes.
0: Now, Cameron and Janice had been planning on kidnapping a young woman sex slave for quite some time. Because Cameron is what you would deem a sexual sadist. He had been previously using Janice to commit his horrendous sexual fanaties, fantasies, and she agreed it was time to bring someone else into the picture. So they then discussed and agreed it was time for Cameron to have someone to use.
1: She's oh my god.
0: And poor Colleen is the victim. victim. Yeah. And they just happened I I want to say that they probably just happened on her by happenstance. There wasn't any profiling stalking or anything like that. Crime
1: of opportunity.
0: Yeah. Which is why I feel like crime of opportunity is a lot more
1: prevalent than we are led to believe oh
0: 100 percent. so once the couple had colleen subdued meaning her head in a freaking box <laughs> yeah they, they made this yeah it's
1: handmade yeah i don't know where you would buy it google wasn't around well, or ebay or whatever he
0: was actually a carpenter and a woodworker
1: well this makes sense
0: mm-hmm. i didn't put that in there but so totally
1: not be out of the ordinary for this man to just go and buy all these random supplies for a head soundproofed box yeah
0: he had the supplies lying around the tools and the Mm -hmm. means to make this kind of stuff Mm -hmm. so they drove her to their residence where she was led to the basement cameron then tied her up and tortured her Some of these events are electrocution, whipping, and burning her until he then forced her to watch him and Janice have sex in front of her. Why? Why? Would you ask?
1: Psychotic.
0: Because though Janice was okay with him having a sex slave, she was not okay with her husband to commit sexual intercourse with Colleen.
1: Okay, so you are a criminal with boundaries.
0: Mm -hmm. Janice. Good old Janice.
1: I have a lot to say about Janice, but <laughs> I'm gonna wait.
0: Yeah. Till I hear the rest. <laughs> so Colleen was then kept in a wooden box fashioned by Cameron himself until the under the couple's bed. And this box was more coffin shaped than anything. And Stan Colleen was later later stated she was sometimes in there for up to twenty three hours a day. She was only let out for torture and eating and then everything would begin again the next day
1: oh my gosh this case is so similar to jc dugard mm. did you ever read that one i did not oh. she was uh kidnapped from her on the way to her school bus stop in like the 90s and she was kept by these people i think she was like 12 i read her book it was really good i didn't read her second follow-up book but um she was held captive for years and they tortured her Jeez. and then it just i mean it yeah escalated and i'm sure it's probably very similar to this story
0: oh god it's just so horrible i just
1: people are freaking disgusting
0: yeah so after nearly eight months of living like this cameron and janice concocted a plan Because Cameron was getting a little restless that he couldn't have sex with Colleen. Mm. So in January of 1978, they forced Colleen to sign a contract legally binding her to slavery for life to Cameron. Uh. To further their point that there was no point in her trying to escape, they convinced her that a powerful, mysterious organization called The Company was watching her and would harm her family and torture her further. Now, we all know, of course, that the company is not a real thing, but when you've been subjected to the abuse that Colleen went through, of course you would believe your captors, just for the brief chance of more freedoms. It is after this contract is signed that Cameron then starts treating Colleen as his sex slave, and this is when the first sexual act is committed on Colleen.
1: Okay, so his wife, Janice, was not cool with her husband having sexual intercourse with this girl Colleen he's okay she's okay with him torturing her but then decides that it's okay after they sign a contract
0: mm-hmm. so that Cameron the- can rape Colleen Mm-kay.
1: at this point I just don't understand the purpose of the contract like besides the fact that they're forcing Colleen into what she believes is this like binding obligation to mm-hmm. be their slave I do don't understand why Janice then all of a sudden like changes her tune to.
0: I'm not sure either. That's well wild. Down. Uh, later stuff will come out about okay. Janice. So. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they basically coerced her into totally. turning into a sex slave and staying with them.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, they use the fear of the company, quote unquote, mm-hmm. to force her into this legal, legal bind, I mean, it's not obviously really legal.
0: Yeah, I put the air quotes around that, legally. No, um. I know, I see that. <laughs> but I
1: mean, in the sense of, gosh, I would hope this doesn't hold up in court, but I know, like, a legal binding contract just has to have, like, a handful of things to make it. But I would think in this situation, mm-hmm. but we all know our laws <laughs> are wild, so... That's just wild, though, to sign a contract and then this company is...
0: Yeah, this company conspiracy telling Colleen that this is how they're watching you and mm-hmm. they're watching your family. And if you do anything wrong or make me mad, yeah. I'm going to set them on you.
1: That's literally using force, you know, fraud. That's fraud. Yeah, I mean, fraud it's not real. Sure. Um, they're coercing her. In, I mean, it's definitely human trafficking. They're using all elements of force, fraud, and coercion at this point.
0: mm mm-hmm. Colleen was then given more freedoms and liberties after all of this has occurred, which included going outside to the garden, jogging, and helping take care of the children. Yes, plural. During her captivity, Janice had birthed another child while Colleen was underneath the bed in her box.
1: Oh my god. Are you kidding me? Mm Mm-hmm. This story is very, very similar to JC Dugard. She ended up getting pregnant though, not Ugh. the wife of the captor.
0: Luckily, Colleen didn't escape that fate. Oh.
1: Could you imagine being locked in a oh
0: in a God. coffin? That is Wait your... a minute, she's in a coffin. I mean it's like it's like a coffin shape. Like it's like Well this... still I'm so claustrophobic, I would not be it's able like to It's like this that. box <clears throat> underneath their bed.
1: So he originally had her in a head box, and now she's in a box under the bed.
0: Yeah, so the head box was just for transporting her to the basement to do his first acts upon her, and then he forces her underneath the bed.
1: In her, I would imagine, what is her living space? Yes. Harry Potter style box under the cupboard. Oh, my gosh. And you have to, like, listen to this lady have baby. Mm Mm-hmm. Ew, think about everything else she had to
0: listen yeah. to. Yeah. <laughs> Colleen had access to an open door, a telephone, and neighbors that she interacted with on a daily basis and never once tried to escape. That is the power of coercion.
1: I mean, it happens all the time.
0: And trauma bonding at this point. Right. Probably.
1: It's like trauma bonding, it's coercion, it's, I mean, how long, we're we're at 81, so we're at how many years at this point? I mean, but that's, that doesn't even really matter, the, the time, because some people can be under the control of someone for a really short period of time, and they are coerced on a level that you would kind of sit back, you and I would sit back and be like, how did that happen? But that's the thing, is that's what makes human trafficking so unique in the sense that everybody is different in how they get trafficked to a degree. And, and I, I, it's not really the right word to say that. But me, what I mean by that is it can, may take some people years to coerce a person to end up doing what they want them to do. Or in some cases, it may take a really long time to get them to the level of trust that you have here with Colleen, where it is like she's definitely has trauma bonding mm-hmm. because – This person who's doing all these horrible things to her is also the one that is providing food, who knows what they're saying and oh, we saved your family from the company today, or what BS they're feeding her. I mean, Stockholm syndrome, I think, is probably very similar to trauma bonding, but I mean there's just all of it.
0: And then there's also the kids too. And now you start developing taking care of.
1: Yeah, you start developing that I mean, the children are are innocent in this sense they're not Mm. the ones that did all of this so naturally if you're colleen or any person you're gonna like you said bond with these children so now you Mm. have a level of i have to stay
0: to protect them right it's so fucked up
1: (laughs) it really is so in
0: 1981 colleen was even allowed to visit her family on her own the family unfortunately believed her to be a part of a cult and did not want to a pry, a pry too far since they were finally able to see her after so many years. Wait a minute. Wow. So she gained Cameron's trust so much that in 1981 he let her go see her family she on her say own. Anything. And she did not say anything. How do you And because of how she was dressed, they believed that she was a part of a cult. And so they didn't pry too far.
1: Was she dressed like a, a Mennonite type person? Yeah, she with was. Like in a, 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 a bonnet and a.
0: She was in like clothes. Those dresses clothes. that Target yeah.
1: came out with like last yeah. year. Yeah, oh God. Those, those probably. <laughs> Although I will say I've seen some people actually turn those around where I'm like, oh, okay. That actually. I think you have to be well. the right
0: body type.
1: I don't. I'm not a fan of any of them. I wouldn't buy any of them, but. No. That's so, when you think when you say dress, that's where I instantly went. Yeah. Like I'm thinking Amish, Mennonite. Very like,
0: much um handmade, hand stitched type clothing. Um And what in her parents are j- oh my. They're just so happy to Our see her. Her parents would
1: never my mom would no. not let me go out of her mm. sight if that happened.
0: My mom would be like, What's going on? What's happening?
1: And my, but my mom wouldn't let me leave. Mm-mm. Like you show up and you haven't seen your parents or talked to your parents in a handful of years. Mm-hmm. At this point, I just don't foresee either one of our families allowing.
0: No, so allowing then, us to leave. Wow, that's just wild. Sorry, go ahead. No, it's good because then they make a second visit, and this time Cameron comes with her. And he is introduced as her boyfriend. And and
1: the kids, I'm assuming, were not there.
0: No. It was just Cameron and Colleen. After this trip, however, Cameron realizes that he may have given Colleen a little too much rope. So she is forced back into her box under the bed, where she is then kept for 23 hours a day again. Wow. Wow. And he only let her out at night after the kids had gone to bed because they kept asking where Kay was. He sounds,
1: um. well, I mean, we all know he's crazy, but he sounds like psychotic in the sense of, I mean, we know he's psychotic, but I don't know what the word is I'm trying to use. Like, oh, here, I'm going to give you all this freedom and then take it back.
0: mm mm-hmm. He very much wants control. He wants to control the situation. Yeah.
1: I mean, yeah, he absolutely is controlling it. It almost makes you wonder if he does that, lets her see the family twice, and then holds her back because he's like, oh, well, I can do that, but I can also do this. Yes,
0: exactly. You need to keep performing for me Mm -hmm. or I will not let you have your freedoms. Right. So, but... So also between the time of her contract and getting to see her family, Colleen also made items by hand that Cameron and Janice would sell at their local farmer's market and would, of course, reap all the profits. Mm. So she would make clothes, jewelry, things of that nature. They would go sell them at the farmer's market.
1: And she's not getting paid anything.
0: What does that sound like, Megan? Labor trafficking.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's so... We talked about this in another episode and I know this isn't necessarily like the sex trafficking that we normally talk about on the, on this podcast, as far as like human trafficking and stuff. But I know we have talked about why I think it might've been Dice Capone, but like you're a pimp, you're this trafficker and you're getting charged with human trafficking. Why can't you get charged with labor trafficking too? If you're profiting all the money from the person that you're forcing to lay, to do the labor, to get that money, it just so happens That that labor happens to be Mm -hmm. sexual exploitation and not, you know, picking avocados or do you pick avocados? I don't know. Yes. (laughs) Like a a, a produce worker, a farmer or a construction worker, any of these other jobs that people are typically associated with when you think labor trafficking. I don't understand why we can't charge these people with that as well.
0: Exactly. That's my point. <laughs> and I think I even said
1: this in another one, too, of racketeering. Because there was one case that we've talked about or we've maybe off the record have talked about. But there's was a case where someone was charged with human trafficking and racketeering. So it's like, oh, why can't we just throw the book at them all? Just throw it out. Just throw it. Throw them away
0: and lock them up and throw away the key. <laughs> So, that was in 1981 when all of that happened, where she was locked back in the box for 23 hours a day.
1: Mm-hmm. After she saw her parents. Mm-hmm.
0: In 1983, 1983, Colleen was finally reintroduced into, quote-unquote, society, where she got to interact with the children again and, it was, and, it was, and was even set to become Cameron's second wife.
1: So, now we're entering in the polygamy because
0: mm-hmm. he and wanted how in a second
1: wife how in the hell do you what in the hell do you tell these children who oh, surprise, have she's back. been asking about their aunt their second mother well i don't colleen whatever they're calling her whatever she is to them but how mm-hmm. do they go asking all these questions about her what what are you being told about her
0: oh and hey she's back yeah. These
1: poor kids. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, Cameron wants a second wife, but did mm. we forget about Janice?
1: I was just about to ask is Janice like <laughs> coming around to to her husband's psychotic demands?
0: Well, oh, buckle up. Oh my god. So Janice upon finding out that no. Cameron was planning on making Colleen his second wife finally wakes up and realizes what a monster he is. Janice started confiding in Colleen and telling her about her trials and tribulations with Cameron as well. In, even in the trial, she attests to being tortured, raped, and brainwashed, same as Colleen. Okay. So this is her defense and how she gets off, on, gets off scot-free. Yeah.
1: I, I mean, I could see. Are we at the trial yet or do we still have more to go?
0: Not yet. We're almost okay. there. I'll wait. In 1984, she then confesses to Colleen that the company is not a real, is not real, and no one will ever be after her if she leaves. After a short time, Colleen finds out this piece of information, makes it to a bus stop and makes her way home to her family. She is trying to regroup and recover with her family while she is also regularly talking and calling Cameron on the phone. And what are you telling your parents? She didn't, apparently she did not say anything.
1: They just, she probably let him go on with the cult theory and, Mm -hmm. wow. And she's calling him regularly.
0: Yes. Under, some sources say that it's because Janice told her to give him a chance to change. Oh my God. (laughs) Oh, Janice. Yes. And it is not until three. Oh my God.
1: (laughs) It just dawned on me her name is Janice. Mm -hmm. I should have been doing that this whole time. (laughs) And if you don't get that, then you're definitely not
0: cool. (laughs) Just kidding. It's friends. It's friends. Pivot. 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 This is
1: not funny, but Janice. Janice. How does she say her name? Janice. <laughs> so Jan, Jan-, Jan- <laughs>
0: Champing. Chandler- <laughs> okay, so Janice. So it is not until 3 months later that Janice will finally go to the police with her side of the story.
1: Okay. Well, I was going to ask
0: I kept saying her name cuz I was going to ask a question, no. but so Janice is
1: Okay. Let me just Make sure my brain is wrapped around this. Colleen leaves. She yes. finally gets out, is told all this crap about the company. is not real. She's at home with her parents, but she's calling uh, Cameron on the phone all the time because Janice told her to give Cameron a chance to change. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's what I wanted to make sure. And now, three months later, Janice is the one to- Go to the police. And Why? What is her reasoning for, I mean, good for her. I definitely can give you some, you get credit where credit is due for going to the police, but why?
0: So she goes to the police with a story that Cameron had previously abducted abducted and kidnapped a woman in 1980, sorry, 1976, and that she was kept as a sex slave and murdered. And then all of the stuff about Colleen comes out.
1: Okay. So do we ever find body for the other person in
0: 76? Unfortunately not. And Cameron is never sentenced for that charge because they have nobody. no proof.
1: Yeah. No body. And if you don't know who the missing person was, like, how are you going to tie him to that?
0: Okay. The trial for Cameron began in 1985 when he was sentenced to 104 years of sexual assault, kidnapping and using a knife in the process. In my personal opinion, I feel like they could have gotten him for quite a bit more. Um, but that's California though. So. Yes. He's been up for parole once and was not set for another one until 2030. However, I did get more information Um, That due to COVID, he was up for parole early and they may or may not have debated moving him to a lower security mental institution. Hmm. Okay.
1: So he's in jail.
0: Yes, he is in jail.
1: Janice never got charged with anything?
0: No, because she, um, you know, took a plea deal and confessed everything that she knew about cameron and they uh let her off okay i mean
1: i don't know the whole janice thing's crazy because you kind of feel like in a way she might she was 19 right when this all started she very well could have been Mm -hmm. brainwashed and coerced herself and then who knows what was happening when he locked colleen back up for those handful of months or whatever and then or excuse me, handful of years and then brought her back out to marry her. Who know, knows what Cameron's doing to Janice during that time? I do not... That is to go, though, without saying that she is not... Innocent. Excuse, yeah, she does not excuse her from
0: Mm-mm.
1: partaking in that, especially if it sounds like there were multiple opportunities. So that one is hard for me with Janice because you... you want to hope that people would do the right thing but she had multiple opportunities so you kind of have to throw that out but then you also have to understand that was she also a victim was she mentally brainwashed by this person as well so but then you show remorse later on so were mm-hmm. you kind of feeling remorse the whole time and just finally felt like this was the time to do it
0: I would assume so I think she would may have been getting scared too Um because Cameron was Apparently starting, you know, to come a little unhinged, well, going a little
1: far, going off the deep end. But also, too, you know what I just realized as we're sitting here is these children are also getting to the age where they're going to start asking questions mm-hmm. about things. Yeah. Their kids are inquisitive. They're going to ask questions. So these kids are probably like, um, wait a minute, you want to have this lady as a wife who used to live with us, but then disappeared. And now she's back. And how do you hide, like, a whole person from your children? Because let's be real. In your bedroom,
0: under your bed. When you're a
1: kid, when you're a kid and you're looking for your Christmas presents, like, where do you look? Under the bed? Yeah. Like, I'm not saying that as a child I knew everything my parents ever had, but I'm pretty sure if they had some type of box or something – that would hold a person Mm -hmm. or a trap door that
0: led to a cave like i i kind of feel like i would know yeah yeah i think i would too honestly i don't understand how they did not i and then there's also the basement that he had and that he would take her to which was at the beginning oh so sad so I did say I was going to circle back around and explain mm. why I mm. thought this was human, a human trafficking case yes. and why he could have been tried for human trafficking under the Mann Act. But he wasn't. Correct, he was not. Um, she was forced to perform and witness sexual acts that she did not want to participate in at all. She was raped. hmm Colleen was coerced into staying in this situation by... Uh, use of her family as a bargaining chip as well as a higher entity that was used to keep her there she made clothes and items that were later sold at a profit she never got to see Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and though i did not mention it in the entirety of the story cameron was also planning on doing this to other women and and was alleged to kill at least one of his victims I think that he is a pimp for all intents and purposes. Yeah. A pimp for himself.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's definitely exploiting others for his personal profit and gain. So mm-hmm. everything I know about human trafficking is that it is this is a totally different story than what we would normally see or hear in mainstream media, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's – I like that we covered this case because it does give our listeners and people out there – the awareness that human trafficking doesn't necessarily mean that they're random abductions that you're, you know, uh, sold off in a sex ring and it's all underground and Mm -hmm. in a pizza parlor. And I mean, it's just, you don't hear about the real everyday cases and this is one of them she was definitely exploited at the hands of this man she was definitely coerced to do things she did not want to do i definitely am not i'm not a lawyer obviously i would agree and see your point on the labor side 100% she wasn't a minor though so if she was a minor it automatically would have been Mm -hmm. sex trafficking but she was what 20 I think is what you had said so can't say that um and then too like if they ever went on and I know we I say this we've said this before you do not have to be transported anywhere to be a victim of human trafficking Mm -hmm. I think that's a big big misconception people have is that oh you put someone in a car and you drive them across state lines and sell them on a platform sex ring with a bunch of rich people um But what I will say about this case is if she was transported across state lines at any point and was sexually exploited for his profit and gain... Then yeah, that would be another. I mean, I know that she was hitchhiking there, mm-hmm. but I'm saying in the course of like the exploitation, if she was ever transported for any type of sexual exploitation, then right, I believe that would also classify it as human trafficking.
0: Yeah, at one point they did move too within California, but they did move her, so. right? But and then who
1: knows, like if he
0: had any
1: images, pictures, anything like that,
0: right? Um, I would like to say that, you know, Colleen did survive this. Um, she's been going to, to therapies. Um, she also suffers from severe chronic back pain from being kept under the bed in the box for so long. Um, Mm. but she is also surviving and moving on. Um, she does do some interviews. She did do interviews beforehand, and there's also quite a few uh, movies, documentaries, and podcasts that cover this story as well. Okay. So if you want more in-depth detail of certain things, you can also go and listen to those, watch those. Yeah,
1: get out there and listen to another podcast. That's crazy.
0: Yeah, it's a crazy story. I thought I should share. I
1: I think <laughs> it's a great Case to cover on just the different, like I said, ways that a person can be human trafficked that aren't what we normally talk about, or mm-hmm. maybe not us per se, because we try to branch out there, but what you would see in the normal mainstream right. conversation about human trafficking. Right. This, this is could not have one. come
0: out and been Colleen Stan trafficked, mm-hmm. but it wasn't. It was okay. used more as a kidnapping, kidnapping Stockholm Syndrome. Don't hit track, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow.
1: All right, now we're gonna do our weekly spotlights. First, we have May Jill Adams, who is fifty-seven years old when she was last seen on April 18th, 1986, in West Hollywood, California. May is described as a white female with red hair and blue eyes. She was approximately four feet and eleven inches tall and weighed around 107 pounds when she went missing. Anyone with information is asked to call the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department. At 323 890 5500. Next, we have Megan Colleen Bailey, AKA Indy Fisher, who was 24 years old when she was last seen on December 12, 2022, in Los Angeles, California. Megan is described as a biracial female with brown hair and brown eyes. She was approximately five feet seven inches tall and weighed around 150 pounds when she went missing. She has very distinctive tattoos of a flower near her arm and a cactus cat on her right arm. Anyone with information is asked to call the Los Angeles Police Department at 877 275 5273. And last, we have Abigail Badias, who was 15 years old when she was last seen on May 1st, 2021, in Los Angeles, California. She is described as a Hispanic female with black hair and brown eyes. She was approximately five feet tall and weighed around 187 pounds when she went missing. She was last seen wearing a gray sweater, gray shorts, and blue van shoes. She was also wearing an olive green backpack, and anyone with information is asked to call the LA Police Department at 818 756 4811. And before we go, just remember everyone to share on social media, Mm -hmm. get out there, be loud, bold, and out there, all the things. And until (laughs) next week, true crime friends, we will remain loud, bold, and out there with all we do. And you fine folks, stay vigilant, be aware, and always remember what the world needs now is love, not hate. Bye. Bye.
0: Power Project Collectives wants you to step into your purpose, own your gifts, and take action. This amazing organization is filled with drive, mission, and determination to end human trafficking. Shop the Power Project Collective where you can support socially responsible female business owners working to end human trafficking through transitional employment, mentorship, scholarship funds, and more. Last Word is proud to be a part of the Power Project Collective and to share these amazing gifts and talents of so many. Check them out at thepowerproject.com and help make a difference in a survivor's life.